Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You won't be sorry, folks, because today we're revisiting one of our most popular interviews. You know, back in 2009, Jazz Shaw and Nikki Starr joined me for a conversation with award-winning actress Tippi Hedren, and she was a revelation to us. In her candid interview, which we'll hear a section of in just a few minutes, Tippi dishes about her scary experiences while filming Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, as well as playing opposite Sean Connery in Hitchcock's disturbing thriller Marnie, and about working with the great Charlie Chaplin, plus much more. And you won't be disappointed today either because... Our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, is here to help with the show. And, Nikki, I want, uh, I want you to say whether or not you agree with me about what a revelation Tippi Hedren was when we interviewed her back in 2009. Oh, I agree with you 100%. She was such so charming and so wonderful. It was the best. I think so, and um, I did uh, run a test show and re-listened to uh, the interview, and I thought this is this is one that our listeners will uh, enjoy hearing mm-hmm. more than once. So I'm really really uh, pleased about uh, getting the opportunity to do that. I did want to say a few words about uh, Tippy's acting career because she uh, has a Golden Globe for her intense performance mm-hmm. in The Birds, and I think that was a very well-deserved award because uh, she really outdid herself in that movie, and we'll hear a little bit more about that in a few minutes. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and among Tippy's non-Hitchcock films are Charles Chaplin's The Countess from Hong Kong, plus Citizen Ruth, I Heart Huckabees, Pacific Heights, Jane Mansfield's Car, Return to Babylon, and Roar, which is a movie she produced and starred in with her daughter, Melanie Griffith. Now, uh, Tippi has also appeared in numerous TV shows, including Cougar, Raising Hope, and The 4400. She has really helped out so many charitable and humanitarian causes. For example, she served as a volunteer international relief coordinator for Food for the Hungry and traveled worldwide to set up relief programs following earthquakes, hurricanes, famine, and war. She's an avid supporter of the ROAR Foundation, that's R-O-A-R Foundation, and the Shambhala Preserve. Believe it or not, Tippy is in her 80s now, and she's still mm. going strong. So, folks, it's our great pleasure to play a 16-minute clip of her original interview, and then after the clip, we'll have a few minutes for more information about Tippy. And, uh, and Nikki and I hope listeners will also sign up for the live chat. 
So we're going to um, get, get to the interview right now, and we join Tippy as she begins to talk about Hitchcock and the birds. Uh, turning to the birds, though, what was it like working with Alfred Hitchcock? Well, he w- he was amazing. He was not only my my uh, director; he was my drama coach. Really? So, yes, and The Birds was my first film. Holy so, cow! So I was I was really fortunate in uh, on so many levels that that um, to to have him as a director, and um, uh, and and my acting coach. I mean that was just phenomenal, and and he often said that he was he was thrilled that this was my first movie because I had nothing to unlearn. <laughs> so I just tried to be putty in his hands, you know, and and uh, uh, I used the techniques that he he taught me uh, all the time, all the time. Well, how did you happen to get that role, Tippy? Uh, I had done. I was uh, uh, I was working in New York as a fashion model. Uh, with Eileen Ford, and um, you know, it, uh, in the fifties, the commercials became very, very important, and um, so I was doing a lot of them. And uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hitchcock were watching the Today Show, and they saw this commercial that I had done, and it was a story type of thing. It was for a, 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 a pet milk product called Seago. It was a diet drink. Right, and I think I, I read all. That. I think I weighed all of a hundred pounds when I did this <laughs> commercial. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he saw it and decided to find out who the girl was, where she was, and um, so um, I just received a surprise phone call one day, asking me to come over to meet with a with a um, uh, an executive at Universal Studios. I had by then moved out to California so that Melanie could oh could have a little bit of independence, but just. Saying I'm going out to play, mommy, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, Tippy, you got to work with Alfred Hitchcock a couple of times. Uh, what was your favorite project uh, with him? And and oh, I like I like Marnie. I, I like ah. the best. Really? Yes. Why was that? It was a, well, the, you know, the birds are sort of a chase type film, and uh, the the uh, Marnie was such a deep character. My God, she yes, was absolutely. And that was that was the the interest. Well, working with Sean Connery had to have something to do with that, Tippy. Not all bad. <laughs> no, he was and he was just wonderful. We see each other every now and then, um, uh, not often, because he, um, you know, lives. Um, he doesn't live in the United States. Uh, but um, he was really, he was really terrific. And Rod Taylor was terrific. And of course, working with Jessica Tandy was just marvelous. And, and Jessica Tandy okay. was was in in the birds. Yes. Well, did you ever get hurt uh, or oh, have yeah. any problems with the, with the real birds in, oh, yes. in the birds? Yes, I did. Oh no. Scene, oh, you know, off and on during the during the shooting, we would we were hurt, you know, scratched or whatever. But uh, you know, the scene where at the end of the movie where I go up the stairs yeah. and into the into the bedroom upstairs, and all of the birds attack me. Yeah. Well, they told me that I, they were going to, because uh, when I read the script, I said, and Mr. Hitchcock, how would we be doing that scene? And he said, oh, well, we'll use the mechanical birds like we did with the children. And um, so I was perfectly comfortable all about the whole thing, and it was one of the last scenes we did. 
during the shoot. And um, uh, at, the, at the, the first day, it was a Monday, I was in my dressing room on the set, and uh, the assistant director, Jim Brown, came in and he said, he, he couldn't look at me. He looked at the floor and the walls and the ceiling. And I was you, Jim. And he said, uh, the mechanical birds don't work. We have to use real ones. And out the door he went. Well, oh, I just, I just was stunned. I went out to the set, and, you know, this isn't anything they had just planned on. There was a whole cage built around the door that I come in. And there were five boxes, cartons of raven and seagulls and a few pigeons thrown in, uh, prop men with gauntlets up to their shoulders, and which they threw at me for five days. What a I don't blame you in any way whatsoever, but I, but I do have to say I still have nightmares about that because I was a fairly young child when that movie came out. And, uh-huh. oh, my God, that was frightening. It was frightening. It, it was supposed to be. We worked hard to make it that way. Well, you were successful, and do you know what? It was not just frightening while the movie was on. I mean, it, because it sort of uh, led to a kind of unending terror with people. My son, who is now grown and has grown children of his own, is still frightened to death of birds. <laughs> Excuse me for laughing, but, you know, <laughs> isn't that great? <laughs> It is great. I, I hope he gets over it pretty soon. You know, <laughs> I don't think he will. I think he's kind of proud of it now. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a funny little story here. Uh, you know, we 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 serve um, uh, about 600 pounds of meat every day to the to the big cats, and we have this huge flock of raven who live here because they're meat eaters, and they are in seventh heaven living here. <laughs> Do you ever think back to the movie and just run away, like, oh, no? Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah. Oh, no, here they come. They're coming. <laughs> well, Tippy, what was uh, the the whole idea in the birds? Is, uh, I know you had the, uh, those gorgeous green suits. <laughs> on the... I had six of them, yes. You had six green yeah. suits? Yes. What, what was the, uh, the point of that? Do you know? The point of the birds attacking. Of the green, yeah, the green. Suit. Oh, the green. Oh, the green was because uh, um, that particular shade of green is very easy to look at. Ah. And um, uh, uh, Hitch and the, the beautiful, wonderful Edith Head were always very, very concerned about any kind of, of fashion or uh, what does the movie require. And when you're in the same thing, the same outfit, Throughout the movie, I think I had one other. I had another suit with the, at the beginning of the film, and the coat. But that that those were the three. Those were my three things. And the the night the nighty from uh, you know the the general store. Uh, <laughs> but it was very important that the the uh, color was acceptable to people. That they and and wasn't the kind of thing where oh if I see that dress one more time, I'm going to scream. Um, and the, the uh, Edith had called the color O'Donnell Green. Ooh. And um, uh, color was one of the most important things uh, uh, for his lead, leading ladies to um, uh, sort of enhance the performance even. The best way I can explain that one was in uh, Dial M for Murder with uh, Grace Kelly. Yes. 
you know, in the first scene, she's in a red cocktail dress, and she's very, you know, very elegant and, and provocative. And and um, after the murder, uh, she her clothes become very much more drab. Right. And at the end of the film, she's where they, you know, they take her away. She's in gray. Yes, those kinds of things are very important psychologically to the viewer. Sets the tone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Alfred Hitchcock was a was a master at that. Oh. And is there any truth to the rumor that uh, they did uh, tie birds to you? In- oh yes. Oh, oh my yes, gosh. they did. Uh, Rita Riggs, who was my dresser, put bands around my body with uh, elastics uh, coming through the the tears in the dress. And they then just loosely tied the the leg of the of the raven to my body. Oh my gosh! Tippy, you work with so many famous people. Uh, for example, Charlie Chaplin. Yes. And it we we talk. Uh, Betty Joe and I talk to people all the time who are kind of involved in the industry or would like to be or like to understand it more. Could you just favor and just kind of contrast a little bit? Like, what's the difference between working with Alfred Hitchcock and working with Charlie Chaplin? What, okay. are, what are the stylistic differences that you ran into? Uh, well, there there were many. Uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was so sure of what he wanted out of every scene um, that he was he was so well prepared that we did hardly more than two or three takes on on any scene. It was really pretty amazing, and he was so d- definitive as to what what um, what the whole f- the the whole picture should look like. Everything was was um, totally operated by him, and he always had people around him who worked picture after picture after picture with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he directed with me, I don't know exactly what he did with the others. But he, uh, uh, I read the script over and over and over, and uh, we would talk about uh, about the the film as a whole. We would talk about the different characters, uh, the relationship of each character to the other, and uh, to the point where by the time we got on the set, we all knew what we were doing, and uh, um, it was it was. It was actually done very, very easily. He gave very little direction, uh, actually, on the set. Um, and he really spoiled me terribly because he, he uh, first of all, he worked nine to five. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that in a movie? No. Not today, oh, no. No. And um, um, interestingly enough, he always wore a black suit, a white shirt, and a, um, a black tie. His... Uh, assistant director wore a sport jacket and slacks and pants. Uh, his uh, DP and the assistant cameraman all were dressed every day. Uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they it was a very elegant. Um, uh, Hitch thought of it as being a very very elegant uh, profession. Yes. And, and it was. And Charlie, on the other hand. Charlie, the way Charlie directed, now that's where the film should have been done. I, you know, so many people have said we they should have shot uh, uh, Charlie doing directing because he would take each person in the scene, each actor's character, and perform it, and then say, "All right, now you do it." Now, can you imagine following 
Charlie Chaplin. Oh my gosh, that but, is so interesting. He's pretty hands on, huh? Tell you, you know, Marlon Brando did not appreciate that. I'll bet he didn't. Oh no, he didn't. And that was in the Countess from Hong Kong. Yes. And, and that was Chaplin's last movie, I think. Yes, it was. Yes. And he was still doing his stick there, just uh, performing each one of the characters and then hoping that, that uh, each one of his actors could do it just like him. <laughs> yeah, of course it was impossible. <laughs> Sophia Loren was fabulous. She and Melanie became great pals, and, uh, you know, it was really... Well, yeah. speaking of Melanie... Uh, how much did you influence your daughter, uh, who, if our, any of our listeners don't know, it's Melanie Griffith, a very, very talented actress. Oh, yes, I'm sure no one's heard of her either. <laughs> yeah. no, nor her husband, her acting husband. Oh, her. Now, who could that be? Who could that be? Some unknown person. Be, yeah. still, my, be still my heart, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, right? I named, I, named uh, um, uh, I, I adopted a whole litter of kitten, kittens one year. Which I I I I just implore everybody to do that. The whole litter. It's so much fun. You you'll never <laughs> ever forget it. It's just wonderful. Oh, anyway, I have I four cats in my after, house right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I named all of them after movie stars I had worked with. I had I have, uh, uh, I have uh, Rod Taylor, um, uh, Sean Connery, um, uh, Marlon Brando, John Saxon. Um, This this might sound horribly trite, but Betty Jo gets uh, requests all the time from uh, people who want to get into the industry. If if I could ask you just one kind of stock question, uh, with all of your experience, do you have any advice for young wannabe actresses, people who want to get into the business today? Yeah, it's it's so it's so difficult right now uh, that um, I <clears throat> first of all I would suggest that you're independently wealthy. <laughs> that's a uh, well, that's always a big help. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, uh, along with your acting career and the studying that you do, that you're doing, uh, uh, also find another vocation that you can fall back on because it is uh, so oh dear. difficult. Yeah, that's, that's very good advice. Very well, good I know advice. Nikki has some questions from the chat too. Yes, I was here. going so to hopefully check. Hopefully, we can squeeze those in. Let's do that, Nikki. Uh, I I wonder if you have some questions or comments from chatters that you'd like to share with Tippy. Oh, they've been busy today. All right. <laughs> good. Well, the chat the chat is just loving it, and Sousta um, oh. had a question. She's in our chat room, and she was it was going back to the big. Um, the Tigers and Shambhala, uh -huh. and she wanted to know if if there was, let's see if you can help me with this, Jazz. I have it in here, but she wants to know if any of that has to do with drug trading. Oh, like yes. If they're trying, if you guys have oh, found out a, that. That's, uh, that's the first time anybody has ever asked me that. I do talk about that at our safaris when I, when I um, you know, when we have our, we're open one weekend a month. But there we have two different animals who came from drug uh, drug lords. Oh. who uh, keep them on their property because the authorities are hesitant in um, uh, going into the facility if, there are, if they know there's a lion or a tiger walking around. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is, this is very, very frequent that this happens. So it does tie into that whole illegal oh, activity yes. that goes yes. in with illicit activities and the illegal yes. trade of animals. Yes. Oh. In fact, the, the whole uh, exotic animal trade is just under illegal drugs. 
in mm. monetary. Uh, Nikki, you had another question. I, I think about somebody in Vegas. Yeah, I actually, uh, it was not my question, but it's Faust's again, and the chat room is just ha- has the best questions, and I want to thank them very much. Oh, uh, this one's from Sunny. She said, um, even people who have, like Siegfried and Roy, they were very close to their tigers, and then still the horrible accident happened. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that, that you all recommend not never to have that type of an animal as a pet. Absolutely. And do you get animals from the zoo or that type of situation as well? Uh, on occasion, we have uh, taken excess zoo animals, and that's usually because the zoos want to have the the, the uh, infants. They want the cubs, too, mm-hmm. because it brings people into the zoo. And then they, they can't afford the older animals, so they have to find places for them. But um, as far as having a, uh, an, a wild animal as a pet, uh, we just absolutely, there is not a single wild animal that should be a pet. I agree definitely with Tippy, and how I love that interview with her. But I wanted to stop the tape in time to comment on an HBO movie that I saw that was released, uh, I think, early last year. It was about Tippy, and it's called The Girl. I I just have to tell you that the film shocked me so much. I, I thought that Sienna Miller, the actress, was excellent as Tippy, but the actor... Toby Jones, uh, who was portraying Alfred Hitchcock, was a very uh, creepy character indeed, and he was as frightening as any villain in any of Hitchcock's movies. And the theme centers on Hitchcock's obsession with Tippy while they were making the birds. Believe me, the abuse runs rampant in this film. There's nothing positive about the director-actress relationship, as Tippy described it in the interview that you just uh, heard. Uh, but in all fairness, we have to say that there's some truth uh, to Hitchcock's obsession with Tippy. He really did make advances to her, which she's admitted uh, to. And uh, then when she rejected him, that was the end of their work together. But, you know, several people who actually worked with Hitchcock said he was not a sexual predator. And even Kim Novak, who starred in Vertigo, disputes the events that are uh, as they're depicted in The Girl. And I also wanted everyone to know that Tippy is still supporting the Shambhala Preserve and the Roar Foundation, as well as many other worthy projects. Shambhala, that's such a lovely word. It's from Sanskrit and means a meeting place of peace and harmony for all beings, animal and human. You can find out more about that preserve by going to its wonderful website at www.shambhala.org, and that's S-H-A-M-B-A-L-A dot org. Tippy's other activities since uh, we interviewed her have included appearing at the Los Angeles production of the Vagina Monologues and participating in the Turner Classic Film Festival. And last year, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of The Birds, she appeared with Ben Mankiewicz at Q&A sessions after special showings of the film in various theaters. She also has a new movie in production now titled Lizzie's World, The Secret of the Magic Trunk. Time now for a brief message from two of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie 
headquarters blog talk radio. Show me the funny, Betty. Show me the funny. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now back to our feature. (laughs) Thanks, Nancy and Steve, for those fun promos. And, dear listeners, please check out Nancy's very funny comedy concept show on Blog Talk Radio every Friday and Monday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. And be sure to check out the Mom and Pop Shop radio show on Dreamstream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's so entertaining because it's hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. And don't forget about all the wonderful, diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio. Well, it's time to wrap things up now, so here's a big shout-out to Tippy Hedren for being such a wonderful guest and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. Special thanks to Jazz and Nikki for their help and to our chatters and callers as well as to all our other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. But that's all for now, folks. So let's close the show by getting in the mood for Halloween. And I should mention that um, before closing the show, I want to tell you that next week we have the Mad Movie Man on the show. He's our horror expert, and he's going to be talking about Michael Myers and the Halloween film franchise. So that should be another great show. But to help us get in the mood for Halloween, let's listen to some spooky outro music <laughs> 